And then he murdered his wife. That's the wrong answer. What? I'm Viley. And I'm Taylor. And this is All the Wrong Answers. So today we are doing a murder case that is based in uh, right around the area that we are actually driving to today. So we figured, why the hell not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, but trigger warning for uh, the normal stuff. Child abuse. Child abuse. There's no rape in this case, but... Some pretty intense shit. Pretty intense shit. Pretty, um graphic depictions of photographs so just keep that little thought in the back of your mind <laughs> but so we're driving to Durango today so like I looked up famous Durango Colorado cases and like the first one the first big one that popped up was a case that was actually just wrapped up in it just finished wrapping up in, like, October 8th was his sentencing hearing. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So, it's pretty fucking... Fresh. Fresh. Okay. Pretty fresh. Okay. So, this is the case of Dylan Redwine. He was born on February 6th, 1999. You okay? The car almost hit us. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't even care. <laughs> I was totally just like, <laughs> sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, anyway, this is a story about Dylan Redwine. He was born February 6, 1999, and there wasn't an exact date of death, but it is assumed that he died late on November 18, 2012, or very early in the morning on November 19, 2012. His sibling, his full-blooded sibling, is Corey Redwine, and then he has two half-siblings. Okay. His parents are Mark Redwine and Elaine Hatfield, now known as Elaine Hatfield Hall, from a new marriage. Okay. Um, and we do talk about Elaine's, at the time, fiancé, now husband, in this, and his name is... Uh, What's his bucket? <laughs> What's his bucket? No, it starts with an M2, so that always threw me for a loop when I was doing this. Um, Mike. Okay. So there's Mark and there's Mike. Mike is Mike Hall. Mark is Mark Redwine. Got it. Um, so Dylan Redwine was described as a very quiet, mellow child, loved MTV, video games, baseball. So pretty much a typical child, a for his age. Yeah. Very typical. Definitely. Okay. Definitely a regular 13-year-old boy. boy, early 2000s okay. type of... Kiddo. Um, yeah. Okay. So, mom lived in Montrose, Colorado, where dad lived near Durango. Okay, so Montrose is like near the Gunnison area. Yes. Okay. But, yeah. Gunnison Grand Junction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they had to take that one pass from Montrose to Durango, and that pass is sketchy as fuck. 
Well, they actually flew. He flew okay. in from Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. So. Wow. Yeah. But a um, little backstory: when Mark and Elaine were married, Mark was a trucker for a majority of his life, and he was gone for obscenely long amounts of times, as truckers are yeah. doing everything. Um, but it took a very big toll on his family life, his marriage. So Mark and Elaine did split up after 18 long years of marriage. Oh, wow. Did they yeah. have sweet, sweethearts or anything? Or like, what um, that? I couldn't find anything like that. Oh, okay. Uh, the divorce was incredibly messy. Yeah, I can imagine. And they hadn't seen or talked to each other since 2009. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was very messy, very big custody Battle. dispute, very okay everything but um so dylan was or his mom was given full custody elaine was given full custody okay. of dylan and the court ordered visits for dad okay and uh, so like um he was given court order visits for thanksgiving this year okay. so the original flight plan for Dylan was supposed to happen on the 17th, and that ended up getting canceled, so he flew out the next night, and, um, but he did not want to go. Was it due to weather concerns of why? Yeah. Okay. But he did not want to go. Yeah. He absolutely was begging his mom, please don't make me go, please don't make me go, and he, like, even, like, in the court when they were deciding custody, yeah. um, Even in court, when they were trying to decide custody, uh, Dylan. Dylan was, like, asked, I don't want to do, do you want to go with your mom or do you want to go with your dad? Yeah. And he was like, I do not want to go with my dad. Yeah. I'm scared of my dad. My dad and I don't get along. Okay. I... He's just not, not No, he does not want dad. to be with dad. Okay. And so, obviously, mom was then awarded full custody. Yeah. Um... So then his older brother, Corey, was 18 at the time, so he did not have to go to okay. Dad's for Thanksgiving. He was like, fuck Dad, I don't, I don't want to go, yeah. whatever. And that made Dylan, like, actually, like, really sad because this is the first trip he took without Corey. Oh, that's sad. And, and what a tragic way to, yeah. that's the last time you're going to see your brother and mm -hmm. ever know it. Yeah. Which, not victim blaming, not um, blaming family members at all, but, like, you just never know um, when the last moment with your loved one is going to be. Exactly. And I do have texts from Dylan and Elaine. And so Dylan texted his mom, said that he's on the plane to Durango, and, mom, and Elaine goes, oh, good, You're, you did well, son, proud of you. I love you, and thank you for keeping in touch so well. You're a flying pro. You land, son? Just did. Oh, good. I was worried. You're very late, but glad you're safe. Making your dad wait, lol. Yeah, after all of our waiting. Your dad get you, son? Yes. Frowny face. I miss you already, but try and have fun. How's it going, son? You okay? And then this is the day that he was reported missing. How you doing, son? I miss you. And then the day later, Dylan, please be safe. Mama's here to come get you, son. Break my fucking heart. I know. 
just break it. I know. Uh, I found those and I was like, oh, oh god. Just crush me, why don't you? <laughs> and it, I, oh god. God damn. Yeah. Mark picked up Dylan from the airport around 6 p.m. and then they started their drive back. And surveillance videos show Dylan and Mark in Walmart the night of the 18th. So that is confirmed. Supposedly, according to Dad, that um, which we're taking with a grain of salt, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, he, uh, Mark, wanted to go to dinner. Like a sit-down dinner, talk to Dylan. Yeah. Dylan didn't want it. Dylan wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. So they ended up getting McDonald's. Okay. And apparently, supposedly, in an interview, Mark Redwine said that he was irritated by this whole exchange. Why? Because he didn't get his fucking way? Yeah. Okay. Basically. And you're having your son... You're trying to offer your son something to do and be like, let's go to dinner. Let's go get something. Because from the pictures I've seen where they live in the maps of where Mark Redwine lives, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is a very uh, secluded area up in the mountains. Yeah. And so he was like, I just want McDonald's. Okay. And so they went. It was probably a late night, too, if to be honest. Like. if I've been flying all day and dealing with airports, I'm not going to want to freaking sit down and eat a three-course meal. Um, I'm going to be like, you got Taco Bell? What's up? Destroy my stomach? Don't care, but let's go. Right? <laughs> Literally. Um, throughout text messages around 7.22 p.m., Dylan reschedules plans to arrive at his friend Ryan's grandmother's house the next morning at 6.30 to hang out because he did ask Mark hey, I'm going to go stay at a friend's house tonight. And Mark was like, the fuck you are. Like, no, you're not. You're not doing that. So Dylan's like, fine, then I'm going over there in the morning. Okay. I wonder if that that's what engaged a lot of Mark's aggression. aggression. We'll see. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At 9.37 p.m., all messages from Dylan's phone stops. Okay. Which... Elaine says is extremely strange. Very weird. I mean, he's a 13-year-old boy. Any 13-year-old child. Um, we have our phone glued to our ass. Yeah. Or our hand. Or both. So. And she said that if Dylan wasn't on his actual phone, he was on his iPod Touch. and Right. He was, he was do, listening to music, right. doing stuff, staying connected. And, yeah. That's a strange thing. Yeah. In a Dr. Phil episode, um, Dr. Phil asked Elaine, like, maybe he went to bed. And she's like, it's possible, but 9.30 is extremely early for Dylan. Dylan is a kid who stays up to 11, 11.30, maybe even 12. So 9.30 is extremely early in comparison to his normal schedule, his normal schedule which your body would be on. Yeah. Um. But the family understood that the 9.37 p.m. messages were from Dylan's iPod Touch. And it's also the family's understanding that this was the last communication. And it was shortly after they arrived back at home. 
So then we jumped to November 19th, 2012, 7.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Mark Redwine runs errands in Durango. He left his house at 7.30. He returned at 11.30. His errands were work, payroll office, trip to his divorce, divorce attorney. God. <laughs> divorce attorney. Um, his whereabouts were confirmed by law enforcement investigators. So there's that. Um, Dylan was supposed to go to Ryan's at 6.30. Okay. And the, from the text messages, Dylan's literally like, I will call your ass all fucking day if you do not open your door. She's, he's like, fine, I'll be at my grandma's. Like, I'll be waiting for you. I'm ready for you. Like, that's fine. He's like, I'm serious, Ryan. Like, I will, I will knock on your door. your door. Like, I will literally. I am not leaving. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so when he didn't show up at 630, that's weird. Right. That's strange. Because he made it so adamant. Like, like I'm, I'm going to be up, there. You're going to open the door. Yeah. We're going to hang out. Because I don't want to be with my dad. Probably. Right. Exactly. And so at 646, Ryan texts Dylan saying, where are you? Okay. Around 730, Ryan's blowing up his phone. Being like, are you coming or what? Like, I woke up at 6.30. You made this big deal out of <laughs> Like, it. where the fuck are it's you? It's my Thanksgiving break, and you made me wake up at 6.30. Like, what are you, wh why? What are you doing? Where are you at? Um, at Roll up. Start. <laughs> at 10 a.m., Ryan texts Dylan that says, come to Nando's, which is another one of their friends. Okay. But that's important, so I want you to keep that little. Locked away. Locked away. Okay. 11.30, Mark Redwine returned home, and he discovered that Dylan was gone. Mm -hmm. But Nickelodeon was on the TV, so he figured... He, he's, he's somewhere. He's somewhere. Sure. But, sure. I don't know if you remember this, Nickelodeon Monday mornings are for children. Yeah. It's they, like they Wonder like, Pets. Yeah. Like, all of that. Right. The cooler shit didn't come on until, like... Later. Later. Like, and, I remember um, all that with Amanda Bynes. And yes. I fucking love that. Yeah. But even... Um, I really hope I didn't just date myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, even Elaine was, like, on a Dr. Phillips, and she's like, it's bullshit that he says Nickelodeon was on the TV. That's for children. Yeah. Like... That's true. Dylan is... a Teenage boy. You ain't he, gonna catch me watching shit no. on Nickelodeon at that morning. Or, no. Or Disney Channel for that matter. No, and he loved MTV. Elaine says that was what he watched in the morning getting ready for school and anything. anything. That was his go-to stuff. Like, ridiculousness is on there and all this other shit that a teenage boy, like, loves. loves. Froths sure. of the mouth for. Yeah. Um, Mark Redwine sees that Dylan's phone is missing and all of the belongings he brought with him from Elaine's were also missing. Of course. Also, Dylan's fishing pole's missing. How convenient. And um, Elaine also touches on the fact that Dylan wasn't an avid fisherman. He didn't even know how to thread his own pole, like, <laughs> at all. So, like, for his fishing pole to be missing, it's, like... Irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He wouldn't have done it. Okay. Like, um... It just kind of shows, like, how little it feels dad knew his own son. Yes. Yeah. And he does blame that on mom from alienating 
him from his own children. I mean, but and it also doesn't sound like Dylan wanted to be at his house right. fucking anyways. Right, exactly. Um, so, Mark Redwine also sends a child support check postmarked for the same day that Dylan went missing okay. and to Elaine with a check inside, although child support has not been addressed by the court and it was waiting for Mark Redwine to prove his financials. Okay. So it's just kind of like a... Wait, not income. Wait, yes, wait but it's also wait. kind of a sussy thing. I mean, and to be honest with you, if they want, if, if child support wanted to, all they would have to do is put a levy on your bank account to figure out how much you're making each month. So. Right. So they were giving him a lot of leeway with this. Okay. Um, 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. You want to guess what he did when he got back from his errands? terrified honestly I don't want to know what he did took a nap I don't understand people <laughs> when a loved one goes missing especially like I'm sure mom's like he's not the child that would run away he's right. not the child that would do that and dad's like ah, nap time I'm gonna hit the old lazy sack and it's right. like wow you're you're so concerned for your child's well-being great job exactly Ex exactly um Mark Redwine said that he thought Dylan was just out playing alone or sure. Dylan walked to his friend's house and by the way middle of fucking nowhere. the friend he's referencing is a good 5.9 miles away yeah I'm not walking that well that's what he was planning on doing he was planning on being there at 6 30 homeboy was gonna get up hella early and dip out of dad's house yeah okay yeah so I mean plausible but also at the same time like look I'm not a parent. I don't have kids. We don't have kids. However, I have more parental understanding to if I can't find my child, you bet your sweet ass I'm getting in my car and I'm going to fucking hunt this kid down. Right. I'm going to find my child. I don't care if I'm looking at every friend's house, every, every known place hangout that this kid would hang out. I'm there. If I didn't answer my phone when I was younger, my parents would quite legit legitimately blow up my phone call my the place yeah. i was supposedly hanging out at and if i still didn't answer they would drive to where i was supposed to be yeah oh, and yeah. they would very much be pissed off at me because <laughs> the whole purpose of me having a phone was so i could be in communication with them right absolutely hi yay anyway Late morning, early to mid-afternoon, a couple of people reported seeing Dylan walking and all that. It was not. It wasn't true. But there is an older boy at the lake yeah. who looks incredibly similar to Dylan. Yeah. And Dylan isn't there all that much. So you can't be like... Yeesh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We just had some random lady um, yelling and pointing at us. Um, sidewalk we just decided to wave she looks like she's having a great morning a good morning <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh fucking love this town um yeah so they didn't know dylan's face well enough to like be like that's him oh dylan has a mole here while the boy has the mole on the other side of the cheek or anything like that do. okay so it was very it was just like... It was a mistaken yeah. identity. Yeah. Okay. Um, at approximately 2.30 p.m., the male lady also reported seeing a kid that looks like Dylan, 
but that also wasn't true. True. That, that wasn't happening. Okay. Um, but what I find interesting about that is she had the audacity to go on the Dr. Phil show and not once, but twice claim that she saw Dylan that day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, okay, look, if I get it. You're trying to help the situation. You're trying to advocate for kids or, you know, report because it's a good thing to report. It's a good thing to say, hey, look, I saw this person, or at least I think I did. But I think that's one of the biggest problems is like, yes, we're reporting. However, without being 100% like, yeah, I talked to him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. That That's a hard like, no, I saw him. That's and... The Dr. Phil show would be filmed in February. And okay. it was confirmed by law enforcement that she didn't see them on this day. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I mean, I, I encourage everyone to tra- tra- uh, blah, blah, blah. check their surroundings. Like, always be on a swivel because you don't know what's going to happen. However, like, let's be honest, in that, in that case scenario... There's no fucking way I would have been able to been like, yes, I saw him. I don't even remember what we did this morning. And it's still this morning. Right. I know. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. All right. 2.30 to 3 p.m. Guess who finally begins to start looking for Dylan? Dad, of course. Of course. so concerned Of course. He drives to one of Dylan's friends who lives near the lake. His name's Tristan. And he says that Tristan told Mark Redwine that he had not seen Dylan. And then in a different interview, he said that there was no answer when he knocked on the door. Right, of course. So just a lot of... Bare minimal. Bare minimal information. 4.10 p.m., Mark Redwine arrives at Nando's house in Bayfield to see if Dylan showed up there. I don't know if you remember this. Dylan's phone stopped pinging at 9.37 p.m. Right. The night before. The night before. Yes. So it was turned off. He didn't have a smartphone, so they couldn't ping it when it was off. Okay. So. That's it. That's it. Communication ends. Communication ceases. Yet, Dylan wasn't supposed to go to Nando's. Dylan was supposed to go to Ryan's. Dylan told Mark that he was going to Ryan's. Not Nando's. But he shows up at Nando's. Of course. So to me, that's just a little suspect of being like, maybe in like... Let me overcompensate by showing up at everyone's house. Right. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, When Mark Redwine leaves Nando's house... Ryan sends a text to Dylan at 4.15 p.m. saying, your dad is looking for you. Okay. Um, approximately 4.30 to 5 p.m. After he left Nando's house, he said Mark Redwine went to the marshal's office to express his concerns that he couldn't find Dylan. Crazy. And um, I have texts between Mark and Elaine because this is when he finally texts Elaine. D- texts. Doesn't call his ex-wife and being like, hey, I haven't seen Dylan since 6.30 this morning. And, and I get it. Divorce. 
horses can be messy. It's a lot of heartbreak. It's a lot of dragging people's name through the mud. However, if your kid's missing, I'm not fucking texting you. I'm literally picking up my phone and being like, we have a fucking problem. We have a situation. You need to get out here now. Yeah. Now. And that was another thing in the Dr. Phil episode that Dr. Phil touched on and blamed both parties for, like, I'm sorry, but, like, my kid missing. I'm going out there. Where? Why Why didn't you call each other? Yeah. Why are you texting back and forth? It's a lot of bad blood, it sounds like. A lot of a bad, yeah. a bad emotions. Exactly. Solved. So, on the 19th, Mark texts Elaine and says, Elaine, I was wondering, I'm wondering if you heard from Dylan. I've been trying to reach him all afternoon. Elaine responds, it's really worrying when I'm seven hours away and get a message like this from you. I haven't heard from Dylan today. Where did you leave him or last see him? Mark responds, I went to town for errands and he was fine. I'm just concerned and thought you may have heard from him. Was he at the Vallecito house? I'm concerned as well. Please let me know when you find him. Mark responds, yes, at the lake and I will. It's weird he would just up and leave. Does he have his phone? I agree, which is why I'm asking if you've heard from him. I assume he does, and why I have sent him texts and calls. What I don't know is if he has a charger, or if it's charged. I'm terribly freaked out that he's roaming around in the dark. I think we should call the police. Yeah, yeah, you think? Yeah. I didn't want to freak you out, as I'm sure he's fine, but I don't, and don't think I'm concerned. I just left the Bayfield Marshal's office and headed back to the house. Did you get into a fight with him or something? How long has he been missing? No, we talked and everything's fine. Several hours. Well, it's not fine if he's missing. Have you heard anything from them? You said you called the marshal's office and they have no record of you calling them. I called them. Have you heard from him? No, and I am extremely concerned at this point. I just left Tristan's house and he has not seen him. Waiting for the sheriff to call me back. I'm doing all I can and I will let you know the moment I hear from him. He wouldn't just leave. He would have called me. I am so suspect of you right now. How could he just disappear? It's just like you to blame me. Right now, the best thing for him is finding him. I just spoke with the deputy. His fishing pole is missing. And the deputy is on his way up. He asked that I search the property, which I will do now. I know this is difficult, but we got to believe he's okay. When was the last time you talked to him? This morning. Are you looking for him? What are you doing to find him? You seem so nonchalant that our kid is missing. You talked to him on the cell this morning or when you left the house? Did you talk to him at all today on his cell phone? I personally spoke with him this morning. The sheriff is here now. I'm doing all that I can. They're here and advise me you are on your way. There are canine units on the way and following up on a friend I'm not familiar with. The last text is, any news? What's this friend's name? So after receiving those texts, she immediately calls the La Plata County Sheriff's Office and reports Dylan's missing. And so then Elaine, Mike, which remember is her fiance, and Corey, which was the 18-year-old brother, start their drive to La Plata County to aid in the search for Dylan. I am, I am not blaming mom at all. Because, again, I don't have kids. I don't know what I do in the situation. Every situation is very different. I am not blaming her whatsoever that she did like send it finally send out the other boys however like if my ex-husband messaged me and was like hey like dylan's missing i would literally be like well i'm coming out there right now 
to right. kick his ass up wherever the hell he is. And again, I'm not blaming. It's a holiday in Colorado. Snow and ice can be hazardous. The roads can be super fucked up. The weather changes in an instant out in, here. In an instant. I, I get it. But I don't know. Like, the gut feeling that I have right now for this mom is like, your baby boy is missing. Absolutely not. He didn't want to be here in the first place. What is going on? What yeah. is the truth? What is happening? Yeah, exactly. Um, so then the evening of the 19th, La Plata County Search and Rescue and LPCSO searched for Dylan. Okay. Monday night, Mark Redwine said he was cooperative with the police. They were allowed to do a preliminary search of his house. Check. And search dogs detected a scent on the road near Mark Redwine's house, but it couldn't be verified that it was Dylan's scent because at the time there was nothing of Dylan's available for the dogs to catch a scent from, which to me, I am very suspect of. Like he even made so, it in the house. So, so the dogs didn't even catch his scent on anything? Right. He, and supposedly he doesn't sleep in the bed that's there for him. He likes to sleep on the couch on like the recliner that's there because he says it's more comfortable but, and everything but, but that, they would be able to smell that your dna would be everywhere yeah from when you got there i'm sure like once you get off a plane you want to shower yeah i want to shower like he he would have had to shower he would have slept on that couch His, like at least the pillow or a cushion mm -hmm. like a blanket but the fact that nothing was usable to fucking find him did that boy ever make it in that house so, on the late evening of the 19th, early morning of the 20th, Elaine, Mike, and Corey arrive at the Bayfield Marshes, Marshal's office, and they speak to the sheriff's deputy and communicate to that deputy that they are concerned that Mark Redwine is responsible for Dylan's disappearance. Good and mom. Uh, Not being sarcastic. No. Genuinely, like... Good mom. You, it's you it's a gut there. feeling. Yeah, you went out there. Good job. Um, Elaine, Mike, and Corey then head to Valacito to search for Dylan, and they start the search... But, um, at Mark Redwine's house between 1 2 a.m. And this is when they noticed that, guess who was home? Mark. But there were no lights on in his house. Just he was asleep. In the dark? No, he was asleep. How the fuck could you sleep? Yeah. How could you sleep? Like, I know that this is, has, is not a child, but when our dogs run, oh god, if a, one of our cats go missing, I, no. No, no, there's no sleeping. Like, when Bella got out, Kale and I, we, all of us, we all fucking ran and ran and ran until we got her back. Yeah. And we didn't stop running. Yeah. And that was another thing. I keep referencing the Dr. Phil show, but I'm sorry. That's, like, the one thing that's, like, sitting in my head because I watched the full fucking two hours of it. <laughs> um, Elaine. up this morning. God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine was, like... I had more care for my missing dog than Mark seems to be having for his missing child. And I'm like, yeah, Boom, yeah. Motherfucker. Exactly. And um, so on November 20th, Search and Rescue as well as LPCSO continue searching for Dylan. Elaine is asked to meet at the Search and Rescue office, and then Mike goes with her as well as Corey. Elaine again expresses her concerns that Mark is responsible for Dylan's disappearance. And Elaine and family members spend most of the day in a small room with the head of search and rescue, answering questions and providing all the information that they can. It was stated by Elaine that, uh, and others several times 
well in the search and rescue office that Dylan would not run away and he would have at least called his mom. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think like there's a possibility he would have like ran away but like been like, hey mom, come, come pick me. me up. I'm at Ryan's house. I'm at I, Nando's house. I was like, say, at least he would have made it to Ryan's house and then said, mom, I can't do this. Like yeah. I can't. I know it's court ordered, but I, I, I can't. I was here. I saw him. I'm done. I'm done. Um, the head of search and rescue is in constant communication with people in the field searching. And after some time in searching the search and rescue office, Elaine asks, where the fuck is Mark Redwine? Where is he? I'm at the office. Where is he? What is he doing? And apparently he was in his home. He hasn't been out of his house. Which just pisses me off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The disregard for care of your own child. Why the fuck do you even have a child? Is that your llama? That's my llama. Mm. She's a llama that like is on the side of the road and every time we drive past it she just has Everybody to blow did. him give blow him kisses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this part I found like a little funny. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know if it's like funny, but just like, what the fuck? So the head of search and rescue tells the family that there's an individual running from tree to tree and appears that is trying to elude search and rescues and law enforcement. You want to guess what it was? Was it a fucking dog? No, it was a fucking jogger. They were seeing a jogger running through the woods and they were like this person's trying to elude us which like I get it be on high alert but like fuck I mean at least they're not LAPD <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even caught the jogger I know fuck oh, oh god, god. alright so that afternoon Corey and Mike head back to the Valazito area to continue searching for Dylan and after searching for some time they drive past Mark Redwine's house as they head to the campground, and they see Mark Redwine through the window, sitting in his chair, watching TV. How can you be so fucking calm? Right? How can you be calm about this situation, dude? I mean, I think back to, like, Chris Watts. Okay. At least, at least he put on this fucking facade of, like, I just want them to be home and safe. Through his fucking smile, but like fucking Jody Ares did the same thing. Like, oh no, I loved him. Yeah, I loved him. Or Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony, fucking. That's a really bad bad example. example. Yeah, but But like here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh, fucking hell. There were no signs of search and rescue or law enforcement when they arrived in Valacito at about four. Okay. So on the twenty-first, Elaine and family arrived in the early morning at the search and rescue's office and the head of search and rescue put them in the sheriff's office stating that the sheriff is considering Dylan to be a runaway. And then it, it had been stated numerous times that Dylan would not run away. The person who at that time was the lead sheriff office investigator elected to do this prior to interviewing any of Dylan's family members except for, you guessed it, Mark. <laughs> yeah. If the investigators interviewed Elaine and family prior to making that split decision. Look, I fucking hate, and I absolutely hate it when they're like, oh, it's 12-year-old, 13-year-old, oh, it's a runaway case, runaway case. And it's like, sir, you don't even know 
this child. Right. You don't know them. The family knows these kids. And if a mom is telling you, no, my son would never. My son would never. He doesn't have any prior behaviors that are concerning to like, oh, that that that's kind of a tip off or like run away right there. Like, and, and I'm sorry, but if you've never been to Colorado in late November, November. <laughs> it's cold. It's October now and it's 34, 34 degrees. Yeah, 34 degrees outside. It's Fahrenheit. cold, freezing cold. And this morning when we got up and got into our car, it was, which was about like seven. Yeah. It was 25 degrees. Yeah, it's cold, especially near Durango, any, anywhere in fucking Colorado is cold in the later months. Yes. That's Colorado. So for them not even to being like, it's cold, we should still check, be something. looking for this child rather yeah. than just being like, he's a runaway. Where is he running to? You've checked friend's house. Yeah. Or maybe law enforcement didn't check friend's house. Supposedly dad did. Yeah. But. Well, he did check Ryan's house because there is a text confirmation from Ryan to Dylan saying your dad is looking for you. Okay. Well, I mean, still. Like, right. But, uh, I don't know. Um, they would have learned that Mark, if they talked to Elaine and family prior to that, they would have learned that Mark Redwine had a long history of taking and hiding his kids away from their mothers. He had done this with his children from both of his prior marriages. Oh, wow. Law enforcement. Here we go. Red fucking flag. Yeah. This is, you have documentation of this. You know this. Yeah. Why are you not applying it to this case? Right. Does it just go out the fucking window? Like, oh, this is a different kid. Oh, this is a different kid. It doesn't apply. No, this man's behaviors is not changing. It's very much characteristic. Here we are. And then I did just want to note that all the sex offenders in the area were cleared. were cleared, checked, and accounted for. So they weren't... Most Colorado checked them on code court, CBMS, and um, something else that I can't remember right now because it's too damn early. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> the lake and surrounding areas were also scoured by hundreds of volunteers. So, like, abandoned buildings, houses, barns, sheds, oh, etc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where all those sex offenders live. <laughs> Continue. A previous friend of Mark Redwine's and a friend of Elaine, who knows the Vallecito area very, very, very well, started to look above Mark Redwine's house in the direction that, spoiler, some of Dylan's remains were eventually found. Wow. And he sees Mark Redwine in his house and just is, like, wants to stop and be like, I'm so sorry, your son is missing. Like, My we're doing everything we can. Yeah. His response is just... Chilling. I think you should stay the fuck out of it and let the law enforcement handle it. I, like I said, I don't know how I would react because I don't have a kid who's fucking missing. Um, However, if someone comes up to my house and says, hey, look, like, I'm so sorry your kid's gone. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to help. One... It could either be taken as super sus, someone's injecting himself into the investigation. Right. However, if someone's, like, sending their condolences, like, I, I will probably break down and cry in front of them and be like, thank you. Like, be like, I this is that. fucking hard. Yeah, I need that. But yeah. that's a that's an interesting way to just be like, fuck you, get the fuck off my property, basically, yeah. and let law enforcement deal with it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Weird. Um, on November 24th, 2012, two cadaver dogs separately catch a human odor scent 
that is later to be found, not Dylan's, from a boat off the dam. Okay. On the 25th, divers were brought in, but the altitude, depth, and temperature of the lake prevented them from diving for more than about 20 to 30 minutes at a time, and they could only dive once a day. And they, were, they weren't able to find anything on the first day. Mark Redwine was seen driving on the east side of the lake, also known as Middle Mountainside, on this day fairly early in the morning. And this was reported to the LPCSO. That's weird. I know. So on the 26th, boats with high-tech sonar were brought in and the entire area in front of the dam was checked. Nothing was found. A task force was formed and house-to-house, business-to-business interviews were conducted from the dam on the south end of the lake all the way to the north end of the lake. And this is a decently sized lake. Wow. Decently sized lake. Search and rescues asked the family to retrieve clothes Dylan had worn, blankets and pillowcases from Elaine's house all the way in Monument for Dylan's scent since they had no idea if it was even Dylan's scent that they were, the dogs were following. Yeah. Um, After the family retrieved Dylan's articles and turned them over to the investigators, nothing else was said about Dylan's scent being found. Um, On November 28th, LPCSO states that Dylan, in fact, did not run away and puts out a press relief communicating that information to the public. Obviously, family and close friends... They knew that. They knew that. Yeah. They, they had that gut feeling. Mark knew that. And, and I think it's kind of... And I, again, I'm not blaming anyone in this case. I'm not blaming anyone ever because you never know what's going to happen or how you'll take things. However, if law enforcement were like, look, let's just exhaust all the resources. Let's let's find out if this kid is missing and you know what if he's a runaway oh well then boo fucking who we wasted resources it's better to be safe than sorry i feel yeah and i'm sorry but like i know fbi cbi all of them were pulled into this but fucking la plata county they weren't doing shit prior to this maybe a couple like we checked robberies maybe like some like sheep missing type of stuff sure. but they weren't sure. doing anything this there, there wasn't a fucking child missing right exactly so I'm sorry but what the fuck else are you going to do with Drug your time bus don't mean shit when a kid's missing right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> November 29, 2012 a search warrant was issued to search Mark Redwine's property to include his house his trailer and his vehicles so the sheriff's office at this time maintains that Mark Redwine is not a suspect they search, uh, the search of his home was done by a task force, and it was uh, because Dylan was presumably in this area, and they had to start somewhere. Sure. And um, it was mainly conducted by the FBI and the CBI, and if you don't know what the CBI is, it's the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, um, and it's pretty standard in a missing persons case. But um, at this point, there are currently there were currently 40 to 45 to 50 officials made up of the CBI, FBI, La Plata County sheriffs, and personal personnel and other agencies design, assigned to the Dillon Redwine Task Force. Sorry, There's a lot of hands on in this case. Then. A lot of professional hands on and good. a shit ton of searches of like volunteers. Okay. On November 30th, Mark Redwine decides after the encouragement from another son to go out and actually search. November 30th. His son has been missing for more than 15, or not 15 days, but like, what is it? Like, he went missing on the 18th? Yeah. 18. 12 days? 12 days. 
12 days. Sorry, it's a little early. We can't yeah, do math. Yeah, I know. It's like quick math. <laughs> we, we can't do maths in our heads. We can't do math regularly. So it's. Period. <laughs> oh my gosh. Very shortly into this search, Mark Redwine tells his son, This is stupid. Dylan's not around here. And stop searching. That's then, because he was probably getting close. Mm hmm. He's probably getting close to finding out, oh, yeah. Dylan's right the fuck over here. And he needed to redirect that attention to, oh, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mark Redwine gives an uncut interview to KO KOAT and the video store in Bayfield after this. Okay. On December 2nd, he does another interview with the media. This time it's in his house and there's a rumpled blanket and his pillow presented on the couch. They were never there prior to this. And there was also a cereal bowl on the counter that Mark Redwine says Dylan ate out of. So this is complete bullshit because the task force were looking for anything with his DNA on it. We had to go to Montrose and get fucking things with his DNA evidence on it right. to get a scent for the cadaver dogs. Yeah. They drive him all the way to Monument to get this shit. Like, <laughs> come on. Anyway, he also states that that TV was tuned to Nickelodeon, which we already discussed. Nickelodeon on Monday mornings is for children. Smaller children. Children. And not early teen boys. Um, also, he again states that Dylan's fishing pole is gone. Of course it is. Which is so suspect. Because you put it somewhere, sir. <laughs> on the third, Mark is interviewed and says that his problem is his ex-wife and goes on to complain that she seems to be the one everybody wants to listen to. Which I will give him that. When a child is missing, everyone is just feeling for the mom. The mom is usually the one who has the most emotion in most cases. Okay. However, dad is acting super fucking cavalier right Yes, now. exactly. And it's like, um, maybe if you showed a little fucking concern at the beginning, I mean, throw, an, throw a dog a bone, give us an act at least. Maybe not, because you're still going to be a piece of shit at the right. end of the day. So. Exactly. On the 4th, Media State's family members took polygraph tests, and Mark was tests originally reported... Um, as inconclusive and then the family and law enforcement begged him to retake it and he refused. Of course. Mark Redwine stated on the Dr. Phil show that he miserably failed the polygraph test given by law enforcement. On Even though polygraph tests I don't think that we law enforcement really uses them no. um, anymore for substantial evidence. Yeah. Because uh, they're kind of wishy-washy. Yeah, definitely. But also, you have to think back, this is 2012, not right. that it's like so, so long, long ago, ago. Yeah. but it's it's a little it's a little under 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So... Oh, that's crazy to think. Yeah, right? It's so fucking weird. But, so it's just one of those things of like... Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I was there saying was, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> there was a dog, or a deer. deer on the side of the road, but that's Colorado for you. On the 6th of December, the sheriffs finally say that the missing red wine boy's disappearance believed to have foul play. On the 7th, the um, investigators say that Dylan was last seen the night before he was reported missing. Which is true, it was confirmed that, like, they were in Walmart. the only hard, rock-solid evidence 
he did arrive in, in Durango, at Durango Airport. He did arrive at Walmart. Okay. From there, unknown. Absolutely no clue. Did he make it back to the house? Maybe. Did he even make it out of the Walmart parking lot? Parking lot? We don't know. On the 8th, search goes underway for Dylan near Durango with over 500 volunteers. I love, um, I love it when people want to help and are like, we'll do anything to support this family. However, for some reason, I get high anxiety with that, that, that extensive, and I get it. It's a mountain area. You, you gotta have that many people to fucking search these areas because it's it's a lot of forest it's a lot of uphill battle Mm -hmm. but 500 people that's so many hands yeah in a case and yeah just like oh yeah all i can think is evidence damage (laughs) yeah exactly well because there's a very fine line between too much help and just just the right amount well and i get it it's a it is a it is a vast area of um open land um so you you do need that many volunteers and they'll probably do like rotating shifts I assume right and certain areas at a time but yeah so this was the first and only search Mark Redwine was ever seen in and he claims he was first in line but it was also the only search that started about 18 miles away from his house and Middle Mountain yeah I Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on December 11th, a kidnapper claims to have Dylan Redwine and wants ransom money. Turned out to be a scam. Sure. And all that. On the 27th, the room. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Did they find out who that was or it was just like. I couldn't find any information on that. Okay. So I. It was like. I was just curious if dad did it to like throw a wrench into something or. I assume they had to have found the kidnapper to, like, fully deem the threat not credible. Okay. So, okay. I... I was unsure. No, okay. you're fine. In my in my opinion, after, like, listening to as many podcasts and crime TV shows as I have, they do look into that very... Thoroughly. Thoroughly. So, I can't imagine just getting that call and then being like, oh, okay, and, like, <laughs> click, unless it was, like that obvious that like this is fucking bullshit we we need to take every right okay okay um on the 27th the reward grows to twenty thousand dollars on the 10th it grows to thirty thousand dollars on the 24th it grows to fifty thousand dollars and it's also on the 24th that mark redwine inquires about the dylan redwine fund so (laughs) wait 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 yeah suspicious (laughs) yeah on the 27th, a group organized by Corey Redwine stands in front of Mark Redwine's house asking for Mark to be more active in searching for his little brother and to provide answers and to, to the questions that they all have as a community, as a family. Wait a mic drop it, kid. Yeah, right? Like, he's like, this is my little brother. You're my dad, too. But, like, fuck, where is he? Why aren't you helping? That was Corey, yeah? Yeah. Good job, Corey. Yeah. Way to, way to Corey was, the man. Uh, Corey was awesome. He... Chef kiss all around. I watched his, um, in the closing arguments, I watched him give his... Uh, victim speech. Victim speech. Yeah. And it was, oh, fuck. These kids, man. These kids. Mark Redwine was aware of this gathering prior to the date 
And he left town before the event even took place. Um, so that's a red flag mm -hmm. from a mile away. Yep. Like, sir, you can't be leaving town. Your son is missing. Yeah. You can't be fucking leaving. Yeah. Sorry, but no. Right. On February 4th, 2013, reporter Melissa Blias of KUSA releases an uncut interview with Mark Redwine. And he claimed that there were only two places in the house a person could ever get phone reception. During this interview, Melissa was in neither of these locations and her phone rang. Perfect. So it's like... You're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're a garbage human. Mark Rodwain also stated, Blam, that's the first place I went to when referring to Nando's house to see if they had seen Dylan. Which is also... Not true. He took a fucking nap. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not, maybe that's the first place and, you and went you to after. You were going to Nan Nando's house. Like you literally argued with him because he wanted to go to Ryan's house that night. Right. Exactly. Exactly. A major problem with Mark Redwine going to Nando's is again his Dylan's plans all along were going to Ryan's and Ryan's grandma's house. And while Re Dylan and Ryan were making their plans to get together, there was not a mention of going to Nando's until that 10 a.m. text and during the Mark, Dr. Phil show Mark Redwine didn't even know where Nando lives however in the Blayas interview Mark says it was the first place he went to when he got to Bayfield how could he have gone known to go there right um coincidentally when Mark Redwine was out running errands uh like I said Dylan received a text at 10 a.m. saying come to Nando's and got no response Mark Redwine also had a loaded shotgun sitting, <laughs> yeah, sitting hold on, on. Hold on, I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so what time did he get that text message saying I'm going to Nando's from Ryan? 10 a.m. What time did he, what time did dad show up to Nando's? Um, it was after 2.30 because he took his nap from 11.30 to 2.30. I fucking wonder if dad saw that text message of Ryan going to Nando's and then just subconsciously was like, oh, Ryan's at Nando's. When my son is supposed to be at Ryan's house, I know where my son is, but I'm going to show up at Nando's. So also the thing that like with me is like his phone had been turned off since. Oh, so it didn't ping. But, but his phone had been off. But then how would he know to go to Nando's? So, like, that's the other thing that has me so fucking confused, because it's like, sure. Sir, what are you doing? Maybe maybe he had his phone, but then his phone would have pinged because it would have been on. I see what you're saying. So, I don't... I mean, okay. Anyways. So, but you Sorry, know what I'm tangent, saying? Tangent. No, but that's also, like, my tangent. is yeah. like, how the fuck does he know to go to Nando's? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, he had a loaded shotgun. Sitting on the kitchen table just a few feet wow. away from Miss Blias while she interviewed him. And he said that he needed it for protection. From who, bitch? Sorry. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Yourself? <laughs> yep. Okay. No, no. <laughs> um, it was around the same time that Mark Redwine accepted an offer from a private investigator from the Front Range to work on this case. This investigator was the first we know of that publicly mentioned blood being found on Mr. Redwine's carpet. He wow. only worked. He only worked a very short time yeah, on this sure. case. Um, the investigator wanted Mark Redwine to take a polygraph for him to be comfortable and confident that Mark wasn't involved. But guess who refused to take the test? 
it seems like he's not complying so much with law enforcement anymore, right? Right. And he also, at this time, Mark also at this time inquired how to receive the reward money. Well, your son has to be found, sir. Or you um, have to have information for it. But even if you're like, yeah, yeah, I killed him. They're not going to give, give you, you the, the reward, reward money. money. You fucking killed them, you idiot. Um, God damn. What a jackass. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. That's rude as fuck. Your son is missing. Something is probably have happened to him. It gets fucking cold at night. And yeah. you want to play, hmm, how did I get that reward money? Or how can I get He's it? He's been missing for months at this point. Yeah, like, way to, way to make yourself way more suspicious than you already were. Right. Um, on February 6th, birthday vigils were held for Dylan in Monument, Bayfield, Denver, and New Mexico mainly because these are all the areas that he had a presence in or a somewhat close connection because Monument and Denver are relatively close. Yeah. Bayfield, New Mexico, relatively close. Yeah. Um, and also, guess who attended? Not a damn one of these vigils. Dad? Mm-hmm. Shopping. Um, on and, I, and I do get it. People have to grieve in their own way. Trust yeah. me, I'm a, I'm a weird type of griever. I don't like to cry. I, I have a hard time um, processing emotions. So I, I get it. You have to grieve your own way. However, like, I don't know. Mm, I, I don't know. I, I would still show up for my kids' visuals because that's just another way I would feel loved and supported by my community. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, this is something different but not different my mom is one of those people who doesn't cry doesn't grieve doesn't process anything and when one of her friends passed away she still went to the funeral yeah, she sure. went to the funeral she gave her condolences, gave her condolences left a thing of flowers exactly exactly and shared that stories on how much she loved her yeah and that person was in my mom's life for over 25 years yeah so the fact that he doesn't even want to make an appearance at his son's birthday. It is his 14th birthday. Would have been his 14th birthday. Yeah. Ugh. On the 18th to the 20th of February 2013, the family flew to L.A. for a taping of the Dr. Phil show. A dog team is in Vallecito searching for Dylan while the family is in L.A. And a dog handler contacts Mike Hall, which is, again, the fiancé, Stating that she is being followed by someone and she's concerned. It then becomes known that Mark Redwine had this dog team followed by a friend of his. Well, Mark Redwine was away without the dog handler knowing. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Mark Redwine then agrees to take a polygraph test with Jack Tamarco on the Dr. Phil show the first day of taping. Mark Redwine then says he's too stressed and doesn't want to take it the first day, but agrees to take the polygraph examination the following morning. The following morning, or day two of taping, Mark Redwine tells Jack Tamarcio that he doesn't feel well enough to take the test. And when Jack asked, do you feel well enough to take the test? And um, I don't know if you know this, but if you answer no to this question, then it automatically disqualifies you from taking the test, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're disqualified. And he relayed that information to Mark and Mark says no and admitted to drinking a whole bottle of Jim Beam the previous night. 
Mark Redwine now bailed for the second time taking a polygraph test and blames Jack Shamarco for not taking the test because of the disqualifying question. Then Jack's like, all right, Mark, we can still do this. Like, do you want to do this? Yeah. Mark goes, no. During the interrogation part of day two, it became obvious to the family that Mark Redwine had done the unthinkable and killed Dylan. And you could definitely see this in their stature. After I, I kind of saw this coming, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as sad as it is, there were some major red flags that were like, this motherfucker right here, mm -hmm. right here, to the people in the back right here. Yeah. And you can tell by just the way they're sitting and, like, they cry a lot more. Their facial expressions just are, like... Or he's rigid. Yeah. Aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's... Ugh. Ugh. Also, at this time... Mark accuses Elaine um, of basically tailing behind Dylan's plane and then kidnapping him from Mark's house, taking him back to Monument, and then leaving him with a family member or something to then have this whole thing about being like, he's missing, he's missing. And she looks at him, and Dr. Phil looks at him and goes... Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, are you fucking stupid? I mean, there would definitely be, like, evidence if she did that. Like, yeah. her like she would have had to have no phone connection. And all those times that they were texting and she was texting her son, she would have pinged. Yeah. Going, moving forward and yeah. onward. And they would have had to get Dylan a, a new phone or something for it to be, like him still not having any phone service. You know what I'm saying? Like, his phone yeah. still hadn't pinged. Yeah. And also, who the fuck is that big of a mastermind to plan this whole thing? You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm gonna drive seven hours behind a plane that's gonna that's take gonna about 45 five minutes, minutes to get there. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it. Like, literally, she would have to drop him off at the airport, like, six hours early. Yeah. And then, like, hightail it. Yeah. Going, going about like 95. Fucking 95 the whole way from Monument, which my dumb ass thought you meant Montrose. Um, so, there's that. <laughs> um, you would have had a fucking book it. And I, would, I, would, I, I apologize. I just realized you meant Monument. I thought you were talking about fucking Montrose. And I was like, that's weird that he took a fucking plane from Montrose to Springs. <laughs> but you were talking about Monument. That makes sense why he took a plane. <laughs> um, it's okay. But she would have had to, like, she would have had credit card receipts. She would have had a receipt of taking out a certain amount of cash. Yeah. Because she would have had to fill up for gas yeah. several times. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. No, baby. No, no, no. Um, the family felt like this was a turning point for them, and they weren't looking any longer for Dylan to be alive. Um, on the 22nd of February, two days after the Dr. Phil taping, a family member heads to the Valacita to meet up with the dog handler that had been there all week, and the dog handler asked if it was possible, or the dog handler was asked if it was possible for the dog to detect the odor of human remains if there were holes made in the frozen lake, and she answered, yeah. So the family arranged for the lake to be sliced open to see if the dogs could pick up any scent of human remains under the frozen lake. Mm -hmm. 
and the dogs, according to the handler, did detect odor of a human remains. And this is now the the this is now multiple times that the dog had picked up odor on the lake. Um, at the end of the day, law enforcement is contacted, informing them of of the information of the lake incident. Okay. It was also communicated to the law enforcement that the lake would now be searched, and the current investigator agreed it, it was a good idea. The family searches for the best people in the United States to conduct the search of the lake, and the family finds a team out in Idaho who conducted searches with the use of a sight sonar. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And law enforcement was made aware by family members that this that the family is asking the Idaho team to do the search, search when the ice comes off and request that L LPCSO's assistance and law enforcement agree to help as it is a requirement for a search team to have a representative law enforcement to be present. Um, on the 19th of March, what are you doing? Do you do this in tunnels? I hold my breath. Are you holding your breath currently? Okay, for sure. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> He's a superstition. You're looking at him honk the horn. <laughs> when we used to go through tunnels um, back in California, my dad would, oh my God, ridiculous. He would like lay on the horn yell out the window while the rest of us had our... <laughs> oh my god. It's a superstition. Fucking hell. Alright, anyway. Well, I gotta pop my ears. Yeah, it's about that time. Great. Alright. On the 19th, LPCSO puts out a press release. And that press release states the following. Mark Redwin and Dylan's interactions and activities within the community on November 18th and 19th, as well as tips related to persons, locations, and sightings remain under investigation. Investigators are asked for information from anyone who may have been at their Vallecito homes or traveling in the Vallecito on CR 50 or CR 501 between 7 p.m. Sunday, November 18th and 7 p.m. on Monday, November 19th, 2012. And for those of you who don't know, CR means county road. Just a little oh, clarification. Um, <laughs> so the time in question... So if you're wondering why they did like 7 p.m. to 7 p.m., 7 p.m. is the time Dylan and Mark just left Walmart to an hour and a half after Elaine reported Dylan missing. Okay. So it's like a full coverage, coverage of this is the last known sighting. He's now missing. Anyone have any information in between these 12 hours? Yeah. On April 6th and April 7th of 2013, um, as many as seven media outlets report spring thaw, which brings new hope and new sources, and new searches. Mm -hmm. Media sources also stated that the lake would be searched by a special team. Mark Redwine later stated that he knew nothing of the search, although it was kind all, of all over the media. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. On April 15th to April 22nd, the first three days, a canine was placed on a small boat close to the water to detect any type of human remains. Um, all alerts were logged by, C uh, by GPS. All of that information was downloaded into computer, electronic programming, and all of the boat with the side sonar. The side sonar boat searched for several days, but due to the winds, they weren't able to stay on the water full days. And that's also another thing with southern Colorado. The winds are fucking crazy. Insane insane crazy we used to have a greenhouse in our backyard um right where the old deck used to be and 
one day, I was taking my mom to the airport, and I mean, this this uh, greenhouse was a, a thickened greenhouse. It was a strong-ass greenhouse. <laughs> Took my mom to the airport, came back, and that bitch was down. Yeah. Like 30-mile-hour winds that day. The uh, air, airport wasn't able to release any planes, and I had to go pit back and pick my mom up. <laughs> oh, there's some snow up here. Mm. All right. Where was I? Okay. Wind. Uh, wind. Sorry, the sun. All right. There was a lot of activity. No, you're fine. I was more or less just. Um, there was a lot of activity by canines at the northeastern side of the lake, around the Middle Mountain Campground, to be exact. This is also the area where LPCSO built a dam, searching for clues on the 21st of April. This area is not far. From, no, you're fine. Uh, this area is not far from Mark Redwine's house and very close to Middle Mountain Road. Um, they don't know of anybody. Like, I got a majority of this timeline from the family's Facebook page, Find Dylan. Okay. And they didn't know of anybody that had seen Mark Redwine outside of his house during the search. And he, again, stated that he wasn't aware of the search, um, which was bullshit. And uh, a helicopter was called in by law enforcement. It flew very low over the lake and Mark Redwine's house, and it was obvious to locals something was going on. Um, on April 22nd, early morning, Mark Redwine was spotted coming off Middle Mountain Road, and that information was reported to law enforcement. Um, on the 20th of May, Mark Redwine was writes an open letter to the media, and the headlines read, Mark Redwine knocks the search. Mark Redwine states that he doesn't think Dylan is in the Velocito area, or even in La Plata County for that matter. Mark Redwine says, how many times do you have to search the damn thing till you realize he's not in the lake? He knocks and criticizes the efforts of many people searching for Dylan, although he is not, he is not and has not been searching whatsoever. So here's the thing. Here's, this is now that I've put together. Number two, this is the second time that this man has been like, this is stupid. Like, you don't even know where he is. Like, why are you fucking wasting this? It's like, okay, then you tell us where he is. Yeah. You tell us. Since, since this is the second time you want to stop searching an area, then where do you think he is, sir? Yeah. That's not fucking monument. <laughs> um, both Elaine and Mark Redwine appear on Trisha Griffith's radio show by calling in on the 2nd of June. Mark Redwine calls in again on the 9th, and Mark Redwine confirms he was irritated that Dylan would not sit down with Mark Redwine for dinner and wanted to go, McDonald's, go to McDonald's on the November 18th. Mark Redwine states he searches but could not give any specific area he has searched nor has anyone come forward saying that they have seen him. He states he was instructed to stay home by law enforcement to not search in the early days. That. That was bullshit. Bullshit. Because we even have the text of them saying, oh, they said that I had to do a preliminary search. So I'm, I'm doing a preliminary search. Mark Redwine himself states, mm, I, I won't say that he's happy. I think that there was a, there was a something on his mind. And in a many ways he was a little bit more uh distant with me than he might have been otherwise i mean i i don't know how to explain it and obviously i've had this conversation with law enforcement and it was uh clear to me and it's uh clear to a lot of people that um that that there was a, something going on with him and i i had no knowledge of what that is uh and so so you know i'm trying i'm trying to make the most of that and so yeah i picked him up from the airport um yeah um yeah Lots of pauses, lots of. I am. Uh, I am. Um, um, yeah. Um, 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 bullshit. 
Um, again, Mark Redwine says, oh, absolutely. Now, you know, I mean, uh, at this point, here we are uh, past the six-month mark. You know, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't believe Dylan's in the lake, and uh, I don't believe he's near my home. And, yeah, I certainly don't Whoa, think he's... No, you might have thrown in your home. And he's in the La Planet County. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mark Redwine is made aware on the radio show that a search is coming in June and acknowledged that Elaine stated that on the radio show. Just as like a little, you can't lie to us again, motherfucker. We here, bitch. We here. Uh, this is the whole week of June 10th in 2013. Two people going door to door to distribute new flyers stop at Mark Redwine's house to give him a new flyer since they noticed that the one taped on his door was old and kind of weathered. Mark accepts the new flyer and appears to be more concerned about exactly what day the search is going to begin. And this is the second time he acknowledged that the search was coming. Mark was informed by law enforcement that the search was coming in June, making it the third time he was aware about the upcoming search. On or about June 19th, Mark leaves the area without informing law enforcement that he is leaving or that he would not be present for the search of Middle Mountain. The search started on the 22nd. A couple days later, Mark is located in Denver. He states he was unaware of the search. He states he cannot go back because of a fire on Wolf Creek Pass that is preventing him from returning to Vallecito. So during that time, that is actually true. There was yeah. a fire on Wolf Creek Pass. And, like, you could still, as we're driving through Wolf Creek right now, mm -hmm. um, you can still see, like, the extensive damage that not only the Beatles have done, but... Also uh, the fire. The fire, yeah. We also have a ton of fires in Colorado. And it's... But, however, I, I do want to let everyone know there is more than one way to get... Okay. Yeah. That was what I was going to say next. Um, there are two alternative routes to get back. One of these routes goes through Grand Junction and over Red Mountain Pass. And Mark's known to been using these pass when going to Denver. So... There's more... There's always more than one way to always. get back. Uh, especially for something that is this significant um to finding your child like first off don't know why you fucking left in the first place but you did so hustle your ass back boy yeah mark redwine says he's on a crusade of the lower 48 to get the word out about dylan and he says he's going to talk to the media during this crusade there were no such source or link to support that he ever talked to anyone during his quote unquote crusade great on the 22nd, the search of Middle Mountain begins, and numerous law enforcement agencies from Lopata County, Durango, Bayfield, Ignacio, as well as people from local fire departments and several resources from the outside area all come together for a massive search for Dylan. This was the most organized, impressive search that family members had seen. Um, Dylan's immediate family was present for the search, but Mark's, Mark Redwine's location was then, once again, Unknown. Uh, on the 24th or 25th, good old Marky Mark is located in Indiana. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm told by law enforcement to return home. He said he drove straight through, straight through from Indiana to La Plata County just days prior to this. Just days prior to this, Mark Redwine says he can't get back to Durango for the biggest search to date for his son because a fire had closed Wolf Creek Pass. Yeah, you ended up in fucking right? Indiana. So, according to MapQuest, which also dates how old this 
post was. <laughs> it is 337 miles, about a six hour, four minute drive from Wolf Creek Pass. And he took another route over Red Mountain Pass, which would have been 411 miles or a seven hour and 35 minute drive. A third option would to have been, been through Shama, which many people took back to Durango during the fire. Yeah. And this route would have been four, 417 miles, so seven, seven hours and 26 minutes. Okay, so either way, you got like an hour and a half added on to your travels. Right. That doesn't, for me, we travel all the time yeah. um, for our jobs, and so for, that, that doesn't seem um, like a lot to me. That, yeah. That seems doable. It's about another extra 80 miles. So he wouldn't do that, but he had no problem driving about 1,300 to 1,400 miles, which is like about a whole day's drive, to get to where he was located in Indiana. So Why was he in Indiana? I don't know. I could not find okay. information on that. Okay. I don't know if it was for like his trucking business. Um, I, I, I do forget that. However, I think during this time, like I'm sure his supervisor and or his employer would have been like, yeah, no, dude, we get it. Um, your kid's missing. Maybe take some family leave. Yeah. Yeah. I, or maybe let law enforcement know, like, hey, look, I took as much time off from my job as I did. Um, at this point, I do have to go back to work. Here's my, here's where I'm going to be. Right. Here's how you can contact me. Like, please don't hesitate. Like, I apologize. I wish I could do this, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mark is quoted saying he made the trip from Indiana to Durango in less than 30 hours, which seems to be a long time considering it only takes about 22 to 23 hours, yeah. but he could have stopped. He could have yes. gas a nap. He, this yeah. man does love taking naps. He loves himself the nap. So I don't know. Um, on the 26th of June, authorities tell family members that they have found, which include, included some remains of Dylan's. So, shortly after authorities met with Mark Redwine and notified Mark Redwine about the discovery Dylan's of DeMillan's remains, Mark sends a text to Elaine that specifically states, Gloves are off now. I can tell the world what fucktards you and your colon cancer-riddled BFF are. I hope she rots in hell and you get cancer next and join her. Oh, that's aggressive as fuck. Yeah. I would never, ever wish that shit upon anyone. That is horrific. Also, your child's remains were just found. You and your ex-wife's child... Your 13-year-old son's remains were just found. And again, you're showing your disregard by shooting off your mouth. Yeah. Your, obviously, text messages. Yeah. And that was at 3.15 p.m. right after Mark Ledwine left the sheriff's office. Wow. Yeah. On the 28th, La Plata County Sheriff's Office confirms to 7 News that they are looking for a killer and the death of Dylan Redwine. I apologize. You're fine. I will pause this. In the conference room at the station... Mark proceeded to add new information to the story, things like he looked for Dylan's fishing rod for one hour upon returning from his office and errands and then proceeded to take a nap. He added there was a there were black t-shirts on the floor next to his backpack in the morning when Mark couldn't awake him. And Mark picks them up talking to Dylan, knowing he was asleep, telling him 
this was not his mother's house and Mark was not going to pick up after him. Mark added the marshal's office put out a missing persons notice. When Mark, when asked of Mark, what do you think happened to Dylan? He replied now that there was a less than 5% chance Dylan ran away. He went on it. He went on to say that it could have been an abduction, but the agent informed Mark there was no video footage up and down 500 or 501 of a strange vehicle or his son. When the agent suggested he had a could a wild animal attack him, he said Mark got overly excited and at this option and became very animated and using his arms and hands to talk at that, that sure there were bears in the area. At this moment, the agent with 25 years in experience in this very thing is certain that Mark was involved. It was then he said, Mark, had, Mark, an accident has happened here. He went on to use an analogy and how Arapaho, Arap, I don't know what the fuck that says. Arapos? Arapos? Just spell it to me. A-P-R-O-P-O-S. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. That's not going to do anything for you. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I asked you to spell it. Okay. <laughs> hey, anyone listening, let us know. Yeah, uh, I'm for not real. Mark, you are standing on the side of a mountain. There's a large boulder rolling down towards you. That boulder is the Federal Bureau of Investigation at your house right now, searching for evidence in the case of your missing son. You can stand in the way of the boulder of justice, or you can step out of the way because justice is going to come eventually, and we are going to give you some time to think. When asked by prosecution what Mark physically did and what he said after, the agent replied, Mark slumped his head down and his shoulders forward. They gave him several minutes of thinking, quote unquote, sorry. I used my fingers and didn't actually say, quote, unquote. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> And he said, I need to think about myself. Since this testimony, there have been many others. When the prosecution rested on Thursday and the defense took over on Friday, it became very clear, and it was being painted the first time, the first 13 days of the trial, what the defense strategy was. This is it. They are saying Dylan went up to a mountain by the way of bridge in the area of Mark's house and then, un then to an unmarked trail that goes to a waterfall that continued that he continued that that walk up to middle mountain he was then attacked by a bear and his bones were scavenged by coyotes and his skull was carried for another five miles and 1500 feet in elevation up to the other side of middle mountain there's no fucking meat on the skull yeah they like, wouldn't have cared yeah bears and scavengers like that they are gonna mainly go for like your torso then probably your legs and your arms and I mean all I could think of is like vultures picking at a skull yeah like I'm sure there's other animals that would take things off the skull but I couldn't imagine a bear just going I'm gonna fucking take this skull right like, that just doesn't make sense there's not enough meat on it right they have a plan and it is as followed to leave the possibility in their mind that Jero to of the Jeros that this could have occurred while trying to get key witnesses and evidence thrown out of the case the jury has heard from experts in DNA, wildlife behavior, hibernation of days of on bears in the Middle Mountain in the 20... I forgot about hibernation. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> they have heard from family members, law enforcement, co-workers of Mark's, his ex-girlfriend, and countless experts in tool analysis on skulls from scavengers versus a knife or similar. Testimonies have been made from cadaver dogs, experts, and those who debunk them. From forensic anthropologists and those who disagree, both sides have done, in my opinion, really extensive work and delivered their message to the best of their ability. I think the forensic, oh my gosh, prosecution team is fantastic, and I think the judge is going to do the best he can to ensure that the law is being followed to a T, as to not have a mistrial down the road. 
The info and the date and exhibits are difficult for, for the layman to follow, very hard for the family to watch, and extremely draining overall. The defense only has a couple more witnesses to put on stand and is explained by the judge to mark what him testifying can do to this case. He can be cross-examined and he can be questioned by the jury as each witness has been subjected to, to see the jury see fit. The judge believes Thursday or Friday will be closing statements for each side and has, been, has offered the jury a work day for deliberation on Saturday if, so, if they so choose. It has been extremely quiet outside the court house since most journalists are watching remotely from Webex. There are anywhere from three to ten people on Elaine's side of the courtroom on a daily basis, and there are none with the exception of a journalist and some defense team assistants on Mark's side. I suspect this will change drastically once the defense team rests and closing statements begin. We ask that you th continue to keep this family in your thoughts and prayers. To keep Dylan in your thoughts and prayers, I truly believe and have believed since day one of this that love always wins. I have zero plans to change that opinion here on day 16 and what looks to be the final week of the trial. Uh, Doherty, who is the defense or the uh, prosecution, sorry, attorney, said during closing arguments that Mark Redwine was the only person who had an opportunity and reason to hurt Dylan. And he was reiterated evidence presented in the courtroom that Dylan's blood was found inside his home. He also brought in experts in to discuss how cadaver dogs hit on scents of human remains inside Mark Redwine's home, truck, and other clothes, and said that Mark was suspicious and evasive in the weeks, months, and years that followed his son's disappearance. Darty also argued that Mark Redwine became enraged and killed his son, Dylan, after confronting him about the photos showing Mark eating feces and wearing women's lingerie. Um, Mark and Dylan's relationship was said to have been deteriorating, and Mark Redwine's indictment alleged that Dylan had said several times he was upset with his father and didn't want to visit him because he was uncomfortable after seeing the fucking photos. Which, yeah, I, I would, would be, be too. too. Yeah. Uh, oh, Justin Bogan, Mark Redwine's public defender, used the circumstantial evidence to tell the jury that the evidence did not support Mark killing his son, saying the prosecution's evidence was quote-unquote so thin and telling jurors that prosecutors were asking them to speculate and finding a verdict um dylan older brother testified in june dylan discovered the photos a year before he went missing the boys had accidentally discovered the disturbing images of their dad on the computer during a road trip in 2011 and looked at them locked in the bathroom while their father slept Dylan's brother, Corey Redwine, saved the images on his phone, and Corey had testified that the accidental discovery, discovery of photo had ruined Dylan's relationships, relationship and image of his father. The jury deliberated for roughly six and a half hours on Thursday afternoon and Friday before reaching its verdict following more than four weeks of trial and argument. The courtroom gasped when the jury read the verdict on the murder count. Um... Sorry. Mark was found guilty of murder in the second degree and guilty of two counts of child abuse. Um, yeah, and he was sentenced to 48 years in prison. Not enough. I know. Not enough. But you also have to think he was a little over 60 years old, yeah, 48 no, years no. in prison. He won't be getting out alive. No, he'll probably die. I mean, unless, like, he throws in an appeal or something. But even that, that, I'm sorry. No, I'm sure that that little boy's mom will fight for that piece of shit to stay there. Absolutely. He will fucking fight for it. Well, um, in my opinion, I don't know about yours, but Marky boy, you literally gave 
all the wrong answers. You have given everyone all the wrong answers. From you taking a fucking nap, from the fishing pole, to oh, he had a cold sore, to no, he got hit in the face when we were playing indoor football, to the fucking Nickelodeon show, to eating shit, to eating shit out of a diaper. <laughs> all the wrong answers, bitch. All oh. the wrong answers, Marky. But yeah, that was our Durango case. Woo! All right. Um, that was a heavy one. Yeah. That was a heavy one. Um, I hope for that family that they are able to find peace and to find closure uh, and move forward. And um, I don't pray, but um, my thoughts are with that family and hoping that, that this case that is well overdue finally has closure. Yeah. And um, like I said in the beginning, this, he was literally sentenced a little under 20 days ago. Yeah. Which is... It's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy to think of, especially because this case happened in... 2012. 2012. Like, my my brain just explodes on that. So... Yeah. I'm glad that there's justice for him. However, I get it. 48 years, to me, I'm like, not enough. I... This motherfucker deserves the death penalty in my mind because you took a child's life, but... And I didn't touch on it in this, but because of Dylan and because of Elaine, Elaine fought for a new law to be passed in Colorado where um, dismembering and fucking with a dead body is a class three felony. And that has helped out in so many cases, like the Chris Watts case. So like... Snaps, snaps for Elaine. Unlike Mark, Elaine... You did have some wrong answers, but you got some good ones too, girl, so... Yeah, wow, way to, way to fight in the name of your child and for other people. other human being. Yeah. Yeah. But All right. That's it, so... That's it. Thanks for joining us on... All the Wrong Answers. Woo, 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 woo.